Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Oh, great to have you with us today on this Wednesday. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online. At sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Fabulous. New inventory with great deals. <laughs> Lots of great deals. And great pre owned inventory. Yeah, maybe you like pre owned inventory. Or maybe the budget dictates that, man, eh, it's the best direction to go right now. Well, guess what? You want to go someplace with a great reputation that goes over the pre-owned inventory. That way, it puts your mind at ease. Because everybody wants to know, okay, okay, what happened with the previous owner? Why did they turn it in the whole thing? They got all that for you. All of that. It's at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. We're going to keep the Eagles talk to a minimum today uh, because I, I spoke with Matt's doctors, and they told me it was recommended. <laughs> like They said, Steve, whatever you could do to kind of keep them calm, we're just a little concerned right now about the blood pressure. That we can spare our audience, too. Just, I mean, been brutal. Listening to you, brutal. My goodness. You're in first place in complaining. How can that be? I'm also trying to help myself by putting more focus on the Irish and their 8-0 start. Oh, they'll lose number two Clemson. in the country right now. They'll, they'll lose to Clemson in the ACC championship game. <laughs> You're supposed to keep me off the bandwagon. I'm just being realistic with you. <laughs> Actually, I have a feeling that might happen, too. And all those guys that didn't play, including 16, yeah. Are, yeah. are going to play. Yeah, no. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm just denying it right now. But I do like – but I point out how many – I've been very fair about Notre Dame this year. Very fair. You have. I, I have talked repeatedly about their style of play. And their style of play is one that they don't commit – Foolish penalties, for the most part. And they're not going to be perfect, but they don't commit foolish penalties. They don't commit foolish turnovers. They are very opportunistic themselves. They play a really terrific brand of complimentary football. Now, to our good friends at Metallica... I'm not done with the segment yet. <laughs> but that is that's what uh that's what they do. 
that's a really good brand of football. At times, it can be exciting. I mean, they're not the most exciting team to watch, but you know what? Uh, winning is fun. Winning's exciting. As I've said many times, there are various ways to win. And they have picked out, based on their personnel, a way for them to win. And they've done a good job with it. They played, I mean, they have played a mediocre schedule, which doesn't matter because because guess what? There have been a lot of upsets this year. They played a mediocre schedule. You know what they did during the mediocre schedule, Matt? They took care of business handedly in both no, cases. But they, get, they gained confidence. Flat too, yes. Okay? Gained confidence. I mean, the first four teams they played, I think, combined, what, for three wins or something like that? But they gained confidence. And guess what? Confidence means so much in everything that you are doing. Everything. I talk to my broadcasting class about this all the time. I always start out the semester and I tell them, look, we're going to do a couple things in here. I said, number one, there's one goal. The goal is by the end of class, by the end of the semester, are you better? You either get better or you get worse. You never stay the same. Are you better? So that's the number one goal. I said, that's on me to get you going in that direction, and it's on you to make it happen and show it. Next up, I tell them when they're going through projects, I said, look, have fun with it. I said, and be confident with it. I said, express confidence in everything you're doing. When you are sitting there and broadcasting, and it's the same thing when it comes to people playing it, you need to be confident. So that's why I tell them, hey, look, when you do a sportscast, make sure you write it. Those are your words. Doing a field report, make sure you write it. Those are your words. You should have total confidence in what you're reading because you wrote it. That's your style. That's your words. I always tell them that it, for class purposes, when you're doing play-by-play, pick out teams that you you really know. That you really know. So if, if Matt's in my class, I'd say, look, you know, hey, do an Eagles game. You know that team inside and out. Do a Phillies game. You know that team inside and out. Or a, Yankee, a Yankees game. You know that team inside and out. That way we take that part out of it. At this stage, and I've got 20 to 22-year-olds in my class right in that range. At this stage, there's no need to venture out and say, okay, you're going to do the Bears-Vikings game. You're looking around saying, I've never, I don't know much about the Bears or the Vikings, just the basics. So I tell them, pick out a team that you know. I'm trying to increase their confidence level going in. And then when, I, then when it comes time to evaluate, the first thing I tell them is, this is what you're doing right. I really like this. I like that sound. That way, you're now building upon positives, which what does that do? It increases confidence. Then, I'm not a tear-down teacher. That's awful. That stinks. You should get out of the business. No, 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 no. I'll say, okay, let's listen to what you said here. You said that the Phillies, I'll take a minor thing, but this happens. The Phillies won the game over the Nationals 2-0. to zero. Now, is 2-0 to zero correct? 
Technically, yes. But is it sports jargon? No. Two to zero is not sports jargon, even though it's correct. Sports jargon is two nothing, as an example. So I point that out to them, because I want them to have the ability that when they're putting tapes together to get jobs, to make sure that they've got that covered. I'm very big with them on what pronunciations need to be. I tell them, you do not want yourself eliminated Okay, or when you or you finally get the job, and you've got people out there. You know, there's a segment that's great; they're rooting for you. There's another segment that like sits there and they, you know, yeah, like, oh, yeah, sure. But you've got a group out there. It's a small percentage, but they're rooting for people to fail. I say so you have to eliminate as many opportunities to fail as possible. Things that you can control, sports jargon you can control. Pronunciation of a name you can control. Don't give the critics fodder because they're aching to jump on any wagon to tear you down because that's who they are. Not the kind of people I want to hang out with. (laughs) Like hanging out with fun people, positive people. But I said, you need to eliminate whatever uh, areas that critics can get to you. Confidence. So now let's bring it back to a football team. Confidence means so much when you're going along. Notre Dame is playing like a really confident team. That's one of the reasons they were able to go out against Clemson and do what they did in that game. Because as everybody's saying, well, you know, we'll see if they can hang with them, they went in supremely confident, and as the game went and they knew they could go toe-to-toe with them, they then looked at it and said, you know what? We're as good as they are, and that confidence then came through. And they played like a confident team that knew exactly what it was doing, and even when the when there was a dip in the game for them, they knew they were good enough to come back and, and play because they knew they were good enough. Confidence means everything in anything you do. I mean, I don't... I don't everything is... When it comes to a job or a game, I always equate it to driving the car. You get in the car the first time, and guess what? Right? Hands are at 10 and 2. You're looking around all over the place. You know, you're not quite sure, like, the feel of, of the vehicle when it comes to the gas. You're not sure of the feel of the vehicle with the brakes. You're not, you know, there's so many things you're not sure of. And then as time goes, right? You're comfortable driving. Some people, it takes longer than others. But you get comfortable driving. You can handle traffic better. Suddenly, you know, you've got a feel for the gas pedal. You've got a feel for the brake. You've got a feel for the traffic around you. You've got a feel for your surroundings. Uh, And there's a comfort level. It's the same thing with what you're doing with a job. You sit there, and as time goes, you get more experience, you get more comfortable, but the key with comfort is don't get complacent. 
And that's what happens with, for example, really good teams. They get comfortable in what they're doing. They are confident in what they're doing. And then when they stumble, it's because they became complacent. Now, when you're three, five, and one, people think you're complacent all the time. Oh wait, who's through? Who's that? Who's got that record? <laughs> but thought I'd bring it back full circle. There thought you go. I'd include I'd include you in the conversation. <laughs> you know who needs that pep talk right now? Carson Wentz. But I mean, but that's what I talk to my class about all the time. I always tell them, I said, look, I said, here's, the, here's the box. I'll show them a box. I said, inside this box are your capabilities. Anytime you stray outside the box, how uncomfortable are you? And everybody says, yeah. I said, but you know what experience does? It expands the box. Something that was uncomfortable before, through experience, you then settle in, become more comfortable. Which, of course, comes with confidence. So what are you going to, when you put this on the podcast, you have to promote it, you're just going to talk about, like, philosophy of life, or what are you going to do? Um, I don't know. This is going to be an interesting one. No, but, I'm, but Notre Dame is a confident team. That's what, I mean, that I think that made such a huge difference. You know, they may not have played the greatest schedule, but in the process of playing that great, that mediocre schedule, they gained confidence in what they were doing. That was big. And I think when they played Clemson, they were a confident team. Okay, here are the uh, COVID numbers for Penn State, all right? And I think a lot of people are wondering, after they had played Maryland, what was it going to be? Because remember, Maryland could not play Ohio State last week. So for the period from November 6th to the 13th, it was through Friday, Penn State conducted 1,558 COVID-19 tests. Six positive tests. That's it. No pending. And this, of course, did include the Big Ten's daily antigen testing protocol. So 1,558 COVID-19 tests. Six positive results. All right. We'll take a break. Back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Was it a way in which the suit delivered that, that a tear ran down your cheek? Always every year. Well, the cause, my goodness, the cause, I'm in 100% on. You know, and Lawrence was out of the room? What? <laughs> yeah, he's gone for but the, the day. Go- Thought the goal was to get people to donate. No, it's, it's, it's God. Speaking of confidence, he has no uh, he has no problem in that area, correct? Yeah, and no, no. <laughs> but you got all the names of the players wrong. Nope, I got them right. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> sure about that? <laughs> oh, we have a lot of fun with them. That's that's fine. All right. So so far we're in a week 
Knock on wood, I just gave you the Penn State COVID numbers that ran through Friday. Uh, this is always going to be every week. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know what's going to go on at Michigan next week. Penn State doesn't know what to do about Michigan next week. Michigan put in, the governor there, put in the, the rules about restaurants and gatherings. It was an executive order. And Penn State is allowed to play the game at Michigan next week, so that's not the issue. But how, but get, but how do you do this? For example, if they have a restriction on indoor gatherings, well, you can't have a team meeting unless it's on Zoom. Okay. What about team meal? Well, based on the executive order, they can't do that either because of the gathering. So I know that as a staff, they're working on this right now, trying to figure out how to make next week work I mean they may actually meet here eat here and then go which is different and the game's at noon next week but it does bring up challenges everybody's got to go through the challenges and I know Jack and I are going to have to sit down Saturday at some point discuss what we're doing I mean what you know I mean, we're supposed to do the game in Ann Arbor. I I know I'm not going to late on Friday about I'm scheduled, and I'm coming back right after the game on Saturday. But I don't know what the restrictions mean for what we do. We just don't know. It was really specific in some areas and vague in others. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Back here on the Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Back at Trillo here with you. Steve is there in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Absolutely. All right. So we had to come up with a way to vaguely reference the Eagles, but keep going on to other topics because... Uh, right now, you know, I feel like I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio in the Titanic. I mean, I mean <laughs> you know what? That's a good way to put it. Because I mean, you're you're I mean you're you're ready you're ready to throw everybody out of the lifeboat. <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel awful. It's uh, it's normally not your personality, but competitive sports gets to you. All right. <laughs> 
Penn State, uh, the NBA draft is tonight. I'm going to talk about that in the next half hour. A lot of people don't realize the NBA draft is going on tonight. But there's some points I want to make about it which fit in with you not being interested in. It's going to fit in with why you're not interested in it. Uh, my interest is based on one player and one player only. Uh, somewhere in the 40 to 60, 45 to 60 range, can Lamar Stevens get drafted? Uh, but I'm going to talk about that in the next half hour. Uh, but the Penn State men's ice hockey team now becomes the second Penn State team in this fall semester that gets the opportunity to play. They are at Minnesota tomorrow and Friday. And then they're at Wisconsin next week. So they're just going to stay out on the road. They're not coming back. Because the term break, fall break, starts Friday here at Penn State. With that, we bring in the outstanding play-by-play voice and my good friend and occasional golf partner, Brian Tripp. Tripper, great to have you with us. My friend, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's start with uh, this. They're going to Minnesota and Wisconsin. But you're not. So what kind of setup are they going to have for you to broadcast this? And what's your thought? Because you haven't had to do it this way before. Yeah, I actually reached out to a couple of other people in the industry who have done games, especially hockey off the monitor. I think hockey, and again, uh, we'll have a better knowledge of this on Thursday and Friday after you go through it once or twice. I just have a feeling with the speed of hockey, there are some things on the far side of the ice, at least watching games on television, not only this past week, but throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. It was something that was in the back of my mind. I think trying to identify players on the far side of the ice might be a little bit more of a challenge. And then you can't really rush because you can't see the entire ice that's coming. If you're just looking at what we'll call and what they call the program feed. So that's what everyone's seeing right. on the television. We're fortunate, um, and as I'm sure you know, with a couple of the sports that the schools that aren't traveling for football radio, Penn State and a couple of other Big Ten institutions are going to provide, and this will be the case for Minnesota at least, not sure about Wisconsin yet. There's not a set protocol across the conference. They're going to provide a Zoom feed that has all the different Big Ten network cameras that they're using for the broadcast available. So we'll have one monitor in front of us. Um, we're going to plug it into using an HDMI from the computer to a flat screen TV, and we should have a quad box of what you'll see on TV, um, a camera that shows the whole ice, a camera that shows the scoreboard with the time, the penalty time, um, and the score, and then another camera that will either be behind one of the nets or maybe at one of the corners of the arena. So just so we can get at least some other view of what's going. So it'll be to, to balance all those things. I think uh, the thing you'll miss most not being around the team is just getting a sense um, of the personalities, stories that you get to mm-hmm. get to learn from being around them. Right. Um, but I, I'm excited about it. You know, I, I'm, just, I'm just happy. We're fortunate to be doing the games. We're, we're very lucky that they're playing the games based on what's going on across the country right now. And um, it's, it's going to be a new test, but it's something that's certainly not uncommon in our industry now, as you know, whether it's biker broadcasts that BTN does or they're called Remy's with uh, ESPN, that a lot of people are being broadcasting. A lot of people are broadcasting games this way, and so far so good for a lot of people. So hopefully we're just next in line. Uh, but you'll be able to do the games when they're at Pagula, right? Yeah, 
correct. That's right. that's the plan as of now. Okay, good. All right, so this particular team, uh, ranked ninth going in, that's their highest ranking ever preseason. But if you look at the Big Ten preseason poll, they have them last. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, how crazy and unpredictable can this be? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to that preseason poll that you see across the country usually, usually, not all the time, is reflective of where teams finished the prior year. Um, let's say it lost from last year. They lost a goaltender who was a four-year starter and goal. I think mm-hmm. the Big Ten coaches poll probably looks into it a little bit closer. Now, I was surprised to see them last. I thought with what they've accomplished, they haven't finished anywhere. They haven't finished last since the first year. And right. traditionally, they've been third or fourth, and last year they finally won the thing in the regular season. So I was surprised to see them last. But when you look at what they lost, I certainly can understand it about it as being a chip on their shoulder, something to prove. And that's, that's not a bad thing. It's kind of the way this program has been built, that you're playing to prove something, and that forms the identity that they have. But I don't read too much into the polls. Uh, we'll see how they play out in February and March, which is when it really matters. I know. So I'll have people ask me about you know where Penn State's predicted football, basketball. I said, Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm glad you read it, but I mean I really care less. <laughs> well, they're fun for the fans, and it's something to sure. talk about. And I get it. Um, and not to completely discount them, but the conference last year between first place and sixth place were separated by six points, which is the equivalent right. of two games. And right. Penn State. Penn State won a game on the road in overtime at Michigan State. If that score is flipped, I think you have a four- or five-way tie, a five-way tie perhaps for first place in the conference at the end of the year. So it really is a razor-thin margin. So I think you might as well put the names in a hat and pick them out to start the year. Look, everybody has to live through the same scheduling of this particular year. Nobody has that, quote, ease in game, two, three games Mm -hmm. to find out what you have and don't have under the tank at that moment or what you need to correct but you have such your personnel so much better you can win some games while correcting so how interesting is going to be as to who can get out of the gate the fastest in this thing because everybody is starting with big 10 play yeah you would think and at least this past weekend watching the first couple of games it did favor the teams that brought the most back and that was Wisconsin, which returned a good chunk of its yeah. scoring, lost a few key members of their defense. And then Michigan brought in some new faces, but they returned the goaltender Strauss fan, had a good blue line uh, returning, but they brought in some highly touted freshmen uh, to join their team. So those were the teams that, at least at the end of the year last year, looked like they were playing better. I know Wisconsin finished in last place, but they, uh, they smoked Arizona State at yeah. the end of the year last year. So you would think it favors the teams that return more. Um, that's kind of my sense going in. But I think with that would be in a normal season. I think with COVID and all the different protocols, I think it comes down to which team is the most prepared and which team has handled the adversity the most as well. I think there's like two parts to it, not only what you return, but also how do you handle, and let's call it spade a spade, the distractions that you have going into the season. So I think the teams that handle that really well as part of it, I think twofold there as to which teams are going to start strong early. This is, uh, you mentioned earlier about having a four-year starter in goal. That, of course, was Peyton Jones. What's your thought on Oscar Adio? 
I think I had an opportunity to, to talk to some of the coaches and had an opportunity to watch him once in practice. He looks really good. And I thought last year he was patient in earning his limited opportunities. But every time he's been thrown into the mix, whether it was his freshman season or last year, a little bit more as a starter in some of those quote-unquote softer games, he, he excelled. He's mm-hmm. a really calm presence in that. His teammates say he's vocal on the ice. He's confident. He has those audio genes, you know, just like his brother Eric was a great leader here. Yeah, he's an audio. He's a really good, smart hockey player. And I think he's the kind of guy that now being around Peyton, learning from Peyton a couple of years, knows what to expect in the Big Ten. I think he's going to have a great season. I really do. I don't think that, um, and this isn't taking anything away from Peyton, I don't think that there's going to be a drop-off there. And other positive seasons, Liam Soulier, who's coming in, as, as a freshman, who's a um, very talented great pr- player. Great prospect. Great prospect. I think, yep, I think they're going to push each other. And I think that competition will drive to make both of them better as well. And when you're playing four games in six days, uh, as they will to start the season, and who knows what the rest of the schedule will look like. We only see eight games on it so far. Yeah. You're going to probably need two goaltenders yeah. to be in the NHL because you're asking a lot of a of a college kid who's not accustomed to that to play four games in six days. So I wouldn't be shocked that we see both of them. Uh, in the past, Guy Godowski has gone with uh, three power play units. Highly unusual, but it's something that's really worked for the highest scoring team in the country. Uh, I do know that uh, that they, they really want to go with a primary this year because they've had so much turnover in personnel how important will the leadership, for example, of a Alex Limoges be on that power play unit, especially if they're going to go with a primary followed by a secondary? Yeah, I think I was just looking at some of the rosters over the last couple of years, not just Penn State, but how maybe they compare to some of the other Big Ten teams. And if you want to look forward-wise, Michigan State was built similarly last year where you did have – and not that Penn State doesn't have the potential for more firepower, but what you know you have coming back a little bit top-heavy. So I think that's where not only Alex, but a guy like Arna Talvidia, Tim Doherty coming in from Maine, we probably don't talk enough about him. Uh, 37 points last year, excellent on face-offs. He'll be counted on in those roles as well. Uh, but yeah, this is where you need the guys who are expected to produce to produce, and that will allow some of those other players, your Connor McMenamin, Connor McCaffrey, uh, the freshman coming in, whether it's Chase McLean or Christian Sarlo, um, Jared Westcott, allow them to get their legs underneath them, to get accustomed to the game. So I think in terms of leadership on the ice, setting the tone and speaking with their play, but leadership off the ice as a captain or vocal leaders in the locker room, uh, building that chemistry and that bonding, that's really important for a guy, especially Alex who's wearing that C and had an opportunity to interview him a couple of times in the last few weeks. And he said, you worried about all the – are you sick doing the interviews with all the extra media attention? He goes, no, it's perfectly fine. I know I knew what I was signing up for. And they really seem to have – to be in a good spot mentally this season. And I think you can't discount the importance of that with everything that they've gone through since the end of last year. Well, let's get into Alex Limoges. He's first team all Big Ten coming in. Should be. I mean, he's you know leading returning scorer in this conference for goodness sakes. But what makes him? What are some of the innate things about him that make him a special hockey player? I think he has a great IQ um, coming in. 
his freshman year, you could tell right away that he was just a really good hockey player. And people say, oh, that's so cliche. Well, he doesn't have the eye-popping speed, but he's a fast player. Nothing that he does surprises you. Uh, he's always in the right spot. He always wins battles for the puck. He's, he's incredibly strong. But when you just look at him and watch him, your eyes are, are deceiving you a little bit. You're like, well, he doesn't look like the strongest guy out there. He doesn't look like the, the fastest guy out there. But why is he always coming up with the puck? Why is he always in the right spot? Why is he always picking spots and finding a way to score? I think he's just a great hockey player. And I think all those aspects are deceptive, that he is the strongest guy, one of the strongest guys. I think he is one of the fastest guys. I think he is one of the smartest guys out there. But it's not something, unless you watch a game, and a full game and game after game that you necessarily would see by just skate maybe in warm-ups or watching him in a practice or doing just a shift or two. But when you start to look game after game after game, you realize he's always there. He's always winning pucks. He's always doing the right thing offensively and defensively. And to me, that makes a great leader and a great uh, gives him a great purpose on the ice and also – why he's going to find himself near the top of the stat chart again. No, I've always said that there there is a difference between a, a great athlete playing a sport and mm-hmm. someone who was made for the sport. And I've always used this example. Yep. Danny Ainge was a great athlete. He was a starting third baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays, starting guard for the Boston Celtics. Great athlete who ended up playing primarily basketball. Larry Bird was a basketball player. That is the one thing that above all, and he knew how to play basketball better than anybody else out there. That's why he picked up a step here. He, he made a play over there. It's like, well, how did he get there? Because as a basketball player, he knew what he was seeing, and he, and he, and he took care of it. So, I mean, Limoges sounds he's very much like that. that he's a, yeah, he's a yep. good athlete. I don't want to discount the fact he can't be a bad athlete 100%. to do this. But he knows how to play. Yeah. That's a terrific analogy, and I'm probably going to steal that from you. Like I steal so many things from you. <laughs> but but that but that's <laughs> that I think that's the best way to explain it. Yeah, that's a great where, way to where explain. You get, where you give an exact example of look, that guy started for the Toronto Blue Jays in the in the majors, mm-hmm. not the minor league team, the majors, right? Mm-hmm. And he played for the Celtics. Well, he's a great athlete. Just like John Elway was a great athlete. He played he played minor league baseball. Could have probably moved up, right? Ended up playing mm-hmm. football. Bird, you would never ask Bird to play on a major league baseball team, right? But basketball, you want him because he that when it came to basketball, he knew exactly what he was doing and why he was doing it because he was a basketball player. Yeah, and it's well, I just had a flashback. I just had a flashback, Steve, to 2013 when took my incoherent rambling and made a lot of sense of it. It's like we're doing the talk show together again. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, I just, I, you know what? You know the key to doing this? I just make up stuff as I go. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Fool the audience. Don't fool me. Don't fool me I understand that. I understand. I can't fool you. I can't fool you on this, and I can't fool you on the, on the golf course. Uh, <laughs> Well, l- let me know how it goes at. Uh, I will. At, I think uh, you might be heading this way for basketball season. For some games, yeah, probably. I could see yeah. it. I could see it. You know, I, I know I glanced yeah. over at Pinnacle Bank Arena on the Sunday morning. I thought, man, I don't think they're going to let us come here. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think so. <laughs> I don't think uh, they're going to let us come fly out here. Well, 
Uh, unusual times. What can we say? Yeah, unusual times. All right. Thank you so much, my friend. You'll be great as always. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Have a good one. All right. Doug Peterson hijacked our music library because he's mad at Matt. That's exactly what happened. Um, See, the first step to recovery is admitting it. Don't you think? (laughs) You are correct. This is why I tried to tell the suit for years. The first step to recovery suit is actually admitting some of these things we're talking about. (laughs) See, I can admit... That's that's the difference between me and him in most cases. I can admit it, and I can, but I can try to consult the problem. Will I get there? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the same with all of us. Believe me, I mean, if, if I'm, as you know, I'm the type where, where if something comes up, and I, I'll say, Nah, I was wrong about that. As you know, I'll tell you, Nah, I was wrong about that. Nah, Matt, that's on me. You know, so you got to be able to do that. Uh, I'm going to talk about the NBA draft coming up in the next half hour. Now, no, let's start with this. A lot of people don't know the NBA draft's taking place tonight. Number two, the grouping of players is there are a lot of unknowns. And based on the ratings we saw in the playoffs, there's an apathy to the NBA right now. So, yeah, they're having a draft tonight. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not really sure how much I could really watch it if Lamar Stevens was not in the draft. I want him to be drafted so badly tonight just to have some sort of payoff out of all this thing for him. I mean, he'll be on a roster to to be in training camp. 